0: everyone. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Mari, um, and this morning we're going to be continuing on just the series of the parable of the sower, which Pastor Jeff has been leading us through these last couple weeks. So we have so far gone through two different seeds that have been mentioned in this story, and today we're going to be covering the third one, But before we start, you're definitely going to be needing a Bible this morning. So if you need a Bible, would you please raise your hand, and we're going to have Jeff and other leaders handing them out to you. Perfect. Keep them raised, everybody. Um, So while they do that, I'm just going to give you a quick recap of what we've learned so far in the story. So the story is about a sower, a.k.a. Parable of the Sower, um, which means this is a person who's going out and leaving seeds all over the place in hope that they will, like, hit ground or good soil and grow. So in verse 11, we actually learned that Uh, the seed in the story is actually, it says, the seed is the word of God. So the representation of the seed that is being thrown around is the word of God. And then the soil that is talked about in the story, or the different types of ground that the seed falls on, is our hearts. Uh, So the first seed that was talked about was this path um that was that's been stumbled over or people have walked on it a lot and the seed falls on it but it doesn't take root it doesn't go into the ground um and then the second seed that is mentioned is one that falls in a rock um and this seed takes like takes root for a little bit grows really fast and then gets like scorched out by the sun and withers real quick Which brings us to our third seed. But before we get there, please turn to Luke chapter 8, verses 14 through 15. This is where we're going to be today. So I'm going to read it for you guys as you guys flip. (laughs) And as for what fell among the thorns, aka the seeds that fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, there are those who there are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Would you guys pray with me this morning as we get into the message? Dear Lord Jesus. God, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to get to be here and gather together this morning, Lord. We thank you so much that we get to dive into your word together and read um, and just invite your Holy Spirit to help us understand what you mean by this word or how we can apply it to our life, God. Lord, I pray for each and every one of these students in this room, God. I pray that you would speak to them and bless them and fill them um, with your presence, God, and that the words that are spoken out of my mouth will be glorifying to you, Lord, Um, and would bring you praise. We just love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so the first point of this story, or the first point of my sermon that I really want to point out, is that this seed that we just mentioned, this last one, actually landed on good soil. So as I spoke on, like, the recap portion, the other two seeds had fallen on, what was the first one? Do you guys remember? Like, the path? You know, the first one had fallen on the path, and then the second one had fallen in a rock. So both of these, or like, yeah, in a rock. Both of these had, um, like, complications with the soil because they never actually reached it. But the third seed says it... I'm going to read it again, actually. And as for what fell among the thorns, a.k.a. the seeds that fell among there, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, um, and their fruit does not mature. So it never mentions that the, the seed doesn't take root. It actually says that it did, that it's growing. And actually, in the bottom, it says that um, their fruit does not mature, a.k.a. there's also fruit. Um. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah. So, but what was what was interesting to me about this is not just that there's good soil that's surrounding it; is that it's being prevented from growth for some reason. There's something that's holding it back. And it says, but as they go on their way, they're choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. So what do, what does that mean? The ESV is not as clear. So I'm just going to break it down for you guys. What it means by the cares and riches of life is our worry and our anxiety and our fears and us trying to take things under our own ability. Um, they become things that end up, become, like, are, end up being thorns in our life and stunt our growth with Jesus. They become weights on our shoulders that just kind of cripple us a little bit um, and don't allow us to reach our full potential. Um, And their fruit does not mature. Okay. So with that part, the next part that says, and their fruit does not mature, it is so encouraging to me because even though it says it's not maturing, there's fruit and growth happening. So in your life, when even when you're like being confronted with different anxieties, you're still growing with the Lord. You're still getting gaining fruit. But you're being um, held back by something. And guys, and this story is so important to me, or just like I relate to it so much because I've experienced something similar to what it's speaking on. Um, But before I get into that, I'm going to give you a little bit of context. Uh, So I grew up in a Christian home. Um, Both my parents loved the Lord uh, and still do, but there was brokenness that um, just filtered into our family that they brought in because we're all broken, and it ultimately ended up in divorce, and so by the age of three, I um, lived in a household where my parents were divorced, and so there's two different homes. I had my dad living over here, my mom living over there, and I visited them every other weekend, or my dad every other weekend, um, and it was just, you know, hard, and with that, it came with, like, going through remarriages, and just, um, like, new families being involved or even friendships that came along or school worries and all these things that happened. But through it all, um, I had experienced the joy that God had given me to, to walk through all those things. And so even though I felt weak at times or sad at times because those things bring sadness, I felt so strong in the Lord with joy. Until I reached junior year of college, um, I started uh, I started dating this boy say Aw. Aww. Aww. <laughs> so I started dating this boy and he was kind and nice and cool and all these things um, and it was a good relationship but I had certain friends in my life who weren't um, were kind of hurt by our relationship they were kind of sad that we were dating not because it was like an unhealthy relationship but just because... They had personal investments, Um, and in order to, like, deal with that, I wanted to help them. So I'm like, oh, I'm the one in this relationship, so um, I want to help you by, like, making you feel better, so I'm going to spend more time with you, or I'm going to um, just not post pictures of our relationship, or I'm going to do all these different things, and I try to cater myself to that person or these people. And that only ended up adding on more because there was more people that needed needed my help or I thought they needed my help. Um, so I went to summer camp. Who went to summer camp? Anybody? No one? Oh, there we go. Yes. I went to summer camp and I counseled and I absolutely loved counseling, loved my girls, but they came in with like really hard things and they opened up about really hard things and I loved them so I wanted to take that on. So, that was more things that I added on. I was like, okay, I want to help them, so I'm going to take that on. I want to help them, so I'm going to take that on. And so, what ended up happening is that those things ended up being thorns in my life. So, they ended up growing because I was not dealing with them in the best way. Instead of bringing them to Jesus, I started taking them upon myself, and it started adding on and adding on and adding on until I started like to cripple down smaller and smaller and smaller. And it wasn't that I didn't have Jesus and it wasn't that I didn't love them or that I didn't love like Jesus or wanted to give my life to him. It was the fact that I wasn't trusting him and that I was worrying about what was happening in my life. And so anyway, that led to the state of joylessness. By the end of that summer camp with those girls that I loved so much, I could not stop myself from crying because I had nothing left to give anybody. I was left with nothing. Um, I really wanted to give more to people, really wanted to care for more for people, but I had nothing left to give. Because I wasn't allowing the Lord to fill me. And that spun me into the season of joylessness that um, made me kind of bitter, kind of irritable. Like I retreated from people. And if you know me, like I love people, I want to be your friend. (laughs) Um, But during the season, I was kind of just like retracting from that. And it wasn't me. And it wasn't until winter camp uh, that same year where God met me and I actually allowed Him to fill me up again. And what that looked like was him uprooting just all these thorns that I had let take control over my life, that I had let um, just hinder me because I wasn't surrendering it to him. Does that make sense, everyone? Yeah? Can I get a nod? Yes. Okay. Um, and that verse, or actually that reminds me of a verse, which is in Matthew 15, 13. And it says, he, he replied, this is Jesus, Every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up from, or pulled up by the roots. So, this verse is actually not talking about the parable of the sower at all, but I think it was really, for me, it stood out a lot. Um, and it gave me hope, and I feel like we can apply it into this story. Is that I am not, I know that I'm not the only one that had thorns in their life or has thorns in their life. Um, I, like, I'm so sure that there's things that are weighing upon your heart. There's, um, school things or friend things or, um, family drama that's happening. Um, that is just adding on and God is here to tell, here to tell you. And this is like what I really was super encouraged by is that he wants to uproot all those things. He wants to like take them out and like give you a free life. Uh, which brings me to my next point. We don't have to stay where the thorns are. In the story that we just read, it talks about the thorn and the the seed that fell between the thorns and how it got choked out. But then it also talks about how um, the next seed falls on good soil and has fruitfulness and is free to stretch out, um, per se. (laughs) Um, and that to me gives me hope because he's saying, Hey, you may have thorns and you like are in this place, but you don't have to be because God never shows you something. There's a quote from my friend that says, God never shows you gold and gives you silver. So he's never going to be someone who says, Hey, look at this, look at this plant. It has good soil. It's free and fruitful. Um, but just kidding. You can't have that. He actually says, Oh, I want to give you that. I want to bless you with that. Um, which then yeah i want to give you that in matthew 6:25 through 34 or 25 through 34 it reads therefore i tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or sow, sow, store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are, they, are you not much more valuable than they? Actually, I'm going to repeat that one one more time. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying a single, or worry add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See, see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, Solomon was a king. He was really rich and wise, um, <laughs> and all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that, is, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, or thrown into the fire, sorry, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, guys, don't worry. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Uh, For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows you need them. I'm going to pause right there. Your heavenly Father knows you need them. He knows you need rest in certain areas. He knows you have thorns, and he wants to uproot those. He knows that um, you're struggling with a friendship and, and is breaking apart. Your best friend is not there anymore. Or your parents are maybe getting a divorce, and you're living in separate homes. Or you're also like... Uh, like this boy, but there's drama with that. I don't know what it is, but God knows what you need, and he wants to go and help you through those things. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Then it continues, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So that just fits so well with what we just read. It says, and your heavenly Father knows you need them, and how how do we get to that place? We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. We seek him first. We surrender all those things. We surrender um, just all this weight that we've been carrying. We bring it to his feet and allow him to actually fill us up. That is how we get to be truly fulfilled and live a, like, freer life. And all these things will be given to you as well. That's how it goes. It finishes and says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I think that it's so important to note that it is possible for us to live carefree lives. It is possible for us to be the next seed that lives on good soil, who gets to expand their wings or leaves and gets to um, bear good fruit. And it's possible for us to not be crowded out by thorns that just like shrivel us up. Like literally what I see in my head is this picture of someone being like this and then having all these enormous thorns surrounding them because it just closes in more and more. And if you are feeling that way today, if you are carrying something like that, just come to Jesus. Like seriously, bring it to the Lord and lay it at his feet and just say, God, I'm struggling with this. Or God, I have been holding this on for way too long and I can't do it anymore. Because he wants to take it from you. Worry and stress, these things that this passage is talking about, are both rooted in something, rooted in a lie. It's rooted in a lie that says, oh, God won't provide for you, oh, God um, doesn't have enough for you, or even the lie that it's like, oh, I don't want to burden God with my question, or I don't want to come to him because he has so many other things, so many other people in the world that he has to tend to. God is our father. Guys, God is our father, which means if you want ice cream, do (laughs) do you go to your parents and like are shy about it, or do you go to your parents and are like, mom, I want ice cream, You know, like, what do you do? Are you, like, shy about it and are like, um, mom, I want ice cream. (laughs) No, you're so, (laughs) okay, bring it back, bring it back. (laughs) Okay, okay. you're so comfortable with your parents because you have this relationship with them. You have this solid foundation. Okay, boys, I know ice cream is super exciting, but let's bring it back for a hot second. Thank you. Um... (laughs) Okay, because you have this relationship with them. So you get to go up to them and ask them for this ice cream. Do you need the ice cream? No. No one... Well, we do need ice cream, actually. But, <laughs> but, but we don't need it to, for nutrients. We, we need it because we want it. Like salt and straw sounds good sometimes. And God wants to give it to us. <laughs> okay, bringing it back. Anyway, all to say if we are struggling with worry and stress and are believing the lie that we can't come to our father to ask him to release us from it or we're carrying things that our friends are putting on us or like whatever it may be you can come to the father i'm like giving you full of like permission even though it's not mine to give to go to the father and ask him god i want freedom I want to stretch out my wings. I want to bear fruit. I don't want to live under anxiety anymore. I don't want to live under worry anymore because he doesn't want that for you. He doesn't. Like, no one wants that for you. If it doesn't feel right in you, like, that's probably not supposed to be there. So we say yes and amen to Jesus and say no to just all these lies that seriously pile up and build walls against something so good that God wants to give you. Um. yeah, so today I just want to ask you guys a question. I shared my story, like one of my many stories of thorns. What are yours? What are you struggling with that is crowding you? What thorns in your life are poking you and like honestly making you bleed a little bit? I don't know. Um. What is it in your life that you want to surrender to Jesus? And I really just want to so, like, if you're taking notes, write that down. Because maybe it's not right now that it's going to pop up in your mind. Maybe it's later. Maybe you're going to open up your journal at some time and see that question. But I really want you guys to at some point this week or today to really just ponder that question. I'll read it once more. It says, what worries in your life do you feel like you are preventing you from growing? What worries in your life do you feel like are preventing you from growing? Because God has deliverance for you, but if you don't know what they are, you can't even point them out. You can't even say, oh, this is the worry in my life, because you won't know. It's something God's been teaching me, actually. I need to point out the things that are hurting me so that I can pray for them. So seriously, do that this week. Which brings me to my last point, um, and then afterwards we're going to bring up Pastor Jeff and the worship team up. But the last point is simply this. God calls us out of the thorn bushes and into his life of freedom. And I know that I said that a couple times already, and it's been repeated. But seriously, guys, like, God wants freedom for you. That's how the story ends. That parable of the the sower ends with a free plant.